Welcome to Talking to Trailblazers, episode two of Business News Australia podcast. I'm Jack Corbett, founder of ISR Training. In today's episode, we hear from another entrepreneur in the education space by the name of Michael Huxley. Michael is the founder of Huxley School of Makeup, and although he is not your traditional school principal, he is the head of arguably the leading institution of its kind in this country. But that success is not taken for granted, and like so many business leaders, he needed to put together countless action plans as the rules changed with the COVID-19 situation. He believes he is conservative by creative arts industry standards, but admits Within the business community, he might be considered a little bit left of center. In this podcast, we're going to discuss all of the important aspects of authenticity, being your true self, regardless of what anyone else may think. Just before we jumped on, the first thing that's on the tip of everybody's tongue right now is 2020 has to be the most unique year in our lifetime. I'm sure you'd agree. Well, yeah. I mean, a lot of significant things have been happening around the world. Sure. And, and certainly things that are affecting Australia as well. And, you know, a lot of the time we feel as a country that, you know, we're very isolated from with a lot of the world problems, yes. um, world issues. And, you know, we had devastating fires yes. um, that tore through the country. Um, I think it was like larger than Europe or something. The, the amount of space that the fires were yeah. burning, it's incredible. And then obviously with COVID happening and, you know, obviously there's an, an enormous um, health you know, repercussions from that. Um, And unfortunately, a lot of people died, but um, also there's enormous economic um, things as well. So yeah, Yeah. it's crazy. The old saying is what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. Um, So we're both here today having having this conversation still. So I know for me, big, big change in our business has been that we've gone 100% online. Whereas previously, similarly to you, being in the education space, we would deliver uh, classes. Now, um, how's that affected you guys? How's the last sort of eight to ten weeks um, being in terms of trying to deliver your education programs? Definitely things have changed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think operationally, as far as like the course structure, some of those things have had to adapt, but ultimately overall, we've still been able to continue. Yes. Um, Huxley School is a, we're a government supported school. Um, We've, even with all the restrictions, we were considered essential business, so we're allowed to continue. And and there's really good reason for that as well. At the end of the day, you know, education isn't about the now, it's actually about the future. So for us to be going and continuing and, you know, it was actually, it's really important. Um, And even just for the the wellness of our students as well. You know, there's so much uncertainty that happened at the start of COVID for us to be able to... um, you know, continue delivering our programs, it meant that our students were able to have maybe a little bit of structure in their lives and a little bit of certainty. you know, and when you can apply yourself creatively, then, you know, you're also learning how to problem solve creatively as well. So, you know, there's a lot of benefits for, for us to continue for our community as well. So it was very important that, that we continued. I agree. I think yeah. economic challenges we've been through before, you know. Yes, of course, some of the elderly and vulnerable people in our community, unfortunately, were most at risk with this. But I can only speak for myself, having been at home for the last eight weeks, um, partly because my wife's an emergency department nurse so therefore I didn't want to put anybody at risk I think the mental health component has been a big part and I think what I'm hearing from mm. you is by helping the students to still have some normality and regularity with their 
studies, mm. it's meant they haven't gone to maybe a dark place or they haven't necessarily mm. gone into a, a bout of insecurity or depression that can come from mm. feeling like you're just trapped, you know? Yeah, and hope as well. Yes. They need to know that there's a future beyond this. For sure. And sometimes, you know, in certain situations, it can be really difficult to mm -hmm. see that. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. um, I think, you know, for us, uh, well, the way, big part of my responsibility anyway was to be able to hopefully inspire them to know that, you know, difficult things happen at different sure. times. And, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that it will affect you long term, um, but how you act now does sort of define you a bit, in, yeah. you know, in these difficult times. Yeah. I find that the world becomes a reflection of my energy. When I spent the first four or five weeks of this unique challenge that was presented looking at the problem and focusing on the problem as opposed to creating or designing a progressive solution to it, that you start to become quite minimalistic and pessimistic in your thinking, you know? So for someone like yourself, I know there are so many young people in the city that look up to mm. you and use you as an inspiration to say, I, if, if Michael did it, I can do it. Yeah, I started developing a vaccine, actually. <laughs> no, <laughs> no uh, you know, yeah, maybe. I, I think... I, I don't know. I've got friends of mine who were, you know, super pessimistic about everything as well. And, you know, fair enough. I mean, it, it's, it was, it's a really big deal. And I think to not give it the respect it deserves yes. would be really ignorant yeah. and really naive. And um, at the end of the day, when something enormous like this happens, you need to act fast yes. and you need to be responsive and you need to be able to um, inform people. Like I know that, you know, we said that we weren't going to be talking about COVID anymore, but here we are. Um, but at the start, when everything was happening, there was a lot of gray zone for what you could and mm -hmm. couldn't do. Yes, um, a lot of confusion. Yeah. Uh, there was so much uncertainty out there. We weren't getting any feedback from um, our partners with what we should be doing. Like the government didn't give us any guidance for how we should be doing things either. Yeah. So literally every single day, I was just on the website looking at Sure. what to do. Sure. Um, thankfully, we developed a series of action plans. Um, and every time that there was a major shift in what the government was saying, we created a new action plan um, and delivered that to our students and our community. Um, because we were getting messages from, you know, parents saying, you know, what are you doing still being opened? And, mm. you know, things like that. So we had to respond yes. and say, well, no, we actually are communicating. Here's our fifth action plan. Um, this is what we've, we have been doing and this is what we're going to do yeah. in the future to you know, keep our students, our staff and our community safe. For sure. Um, and that's our main priority at yeah. the moment. It's, it's that so, you could never please everybody because if you stayed open, you upset the people that want you closed and if you close, you upset the people that are reliant upon you staying open. Well, so. we have a contractual agreement to our students to yes. stay open. Yes. So it was about making sure that we were doing oh, things compliantly doing. as well as, yes, Satisfying everybody, so that that was definitely a challenge. Uh, yeah. Since COVID started, uh, I think it was only like last weekend or the weekend before that that I actually had a day off. So yeah. I literally have been doing 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> it's been on my mind. So that's why I hate talking about it because yeah. I'm so over it. But yeah. but it's interesting. Like the you know the response has actually been I think 
uh, pretty good overall mm -hmm. from students. Yeah. Um, I think that they appreciate that it has been a really challenging time for everybody. Yes. And I think that, you know, we have been doing our best. Yes. Like there's honestly like nothing more that you I think could we could have done. done. Yeah. Um, to, would it be fair to say that you were better prepared than others? Because when it comes to the power of the pivot, which has really been forced upon most of us, the biggest takeaway for, for anybody that's listening here that I would have to agree with Michael and I made the mistake myself was not acting quickly enough. A good or a bad decision any decision is better than no decision at all. To just sit and try and wait for the world to figure it out for you is not leadership in any way, shape, or form. But mm. you, when we sat together at the PGA at Royal Pines, which I think might have been about two years ago. I was playing there. Yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> had said to me, we, we were both at a point where we were working under a vet feed help scheme. We were delivering certificates and diplomas under government-funded programs. And then with no warning, we immediately had that scheme pulled from us and really kind of remove the foundations from which a core part of both of our businesses were built on. What did you learn from 2017 that you brought into 2020 and were more intelligent this time? Uh, yeah, I think, you know, you need to, like you were saying about, you know, being prepared and, and that kind of thing. Yeah, there's always opportunities where you can have contingency plan. If yes. something goes wrong, then you can go, okay, well, what what would I do if this had happened? Yes. Um, and over the years, like the school's been going now for eight years and I made plenty of mistakes in the beginning. So, I've, you know, from each one of those things I've, I've learned and I've thought, well, you know, this is what we need to do to avoid this potential thing from happening again. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I think we made huge changes to everything from operations mm -hmm. to uh, how we communicate with people, um, whether that's partners or whether that's um, it's like any sort of suppliers or, yeah. or students and, and everything in between. So yeah. I think, you know, all of those things definitely, definitely helped, definitely helped us be yeah. better prepared. Um, as far as being compliant, we went through an enormous audit um, pretty much at the start of our partnership with TAFE. Mm -hmm. And it just so happened that it was like a timing thing. It was TAFE were up for their enormous audit. And, yes. you know, this is an organization with 110,000 students. Oh, wow. We're a fingernail yes. in comparison yes. to them. So the the thing was is that it was this enormous amount of work that had to go in it. And we it, it was strict as well. It was brutal. Like they literally went through every facet yes. of the business yes. um, with ex external auditors um, with the government. And yeah, we came out strong. They said that the auditor's response was literally like, wow, your students' work is so amazing yes. and like stuff like That's that, which is really wonderful to so hear. Right? Or really validating. Yeah. And they, it was so good that um, the maximum period that um, an organization can get until the next audit, it's normally between four to seven years, and we got the maximum, which was wow. seven years Amazing. before our next one, yeah. which was really, really good. And obviously, we have a lot of internal audits and things like yeah. that that we're constantly doing, but um, otherwise, it was, a, it was a really big like weight off my shoulders. and big feather on the cap, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, to go through that process and it, oh, we, we were talking just, obviously, before we started uh, the podcast about um, uh, becoming a sponsor so that we could sponsor overseas talent to, to work for our businesses. Yeah. Very similar to that. That process that when you have to expose 
everything in its raw and naked form about your business, you get a bit nervous because you think, oh, I don't want them to see maybe the mistakes I've made in the past. Mm. As soon as you get that approval, it says to you, not only number one, am I on the right path, but number two as well, now I can continue to strive forward with the confidence and clarity mm-hmm. that this is a business that has capacity to grow with no problems, you know? So yeah. I'm gonna come, come completely left of field now then with a question. I believe you are one of the most polarizing figures in the young entrepreneurial community. I believe people judge you long before they have ever met you. Yeah. I would, if I was gonna be completely honest, say I did the same. Yeah, I met you um, through proximity. I saw you before I knew you. Mm-hmm. And because of the incredible fashion sense and the flamboyancy and the willingness to just be so different, yeah, you get judged. Oh, yeah, massively. Immediately. Yeah. I've got ridiculous hair. Talk me through <laughs> living all day, every day inside being the person that yeah. is often labeled long before his actual character ever gets to shine how, how does that yeah how that go for you on a day it's interesting yeah i haven't been asked this question before but it's a good one um yeah and definitely hits home because you know i feel like i've always been judged uh, like my whole life like you know i was that bullied kid at school i was the loser you know like i've I've often struggled to to fit in, and I think as I've gotten older, um, I've become more confident in myself, mm-hmm. understanding that, you know, there's a lot of people out there in the world and everybody is different. We all have our unique qualities, mm-hmm. but they're the things that actually make us special. So if you celebrate those things, yes. then it, it gives you a lot of confidence in yourself. Yes. Um, so it doesn't, th- those things don't so much matter, but yeah. it was interesting the other day, actually, um, like I heard some people had said some things about me and it was really, really nasty things. And people actually even within our industry had said these things. And it wasn't about my work. Mm -hmm. It wasn't about the quality of the output or the awards. It wasn't about any of that. It was literally targeted at me. And they even said that I had, and this is why I said I've got ridiculous hat, is that they said you've got... They can't take this idiot seriously with his ridiculous hair, and mm-hmm. and you know I'm paraphrasing. Actually, they yes. said like much worse things. Yes. Um, yes. So I think yeah, definitely. If you were to look at my aesthetic, mm-hmm. um, I probably don't come across like an intelligent person who would be the running a school. Mm-hmm. I'm the principal of a school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Does this look like the principal of a school? Probably not. The principal of a school I want to go to. <laughs> the principal of the school I went to. Well, it's, it, sure. it's interesting. It, the way that I look at it, it's, um, you know, well, it's actually part of one, one of our mottos at school. It's like, be inspired, be informed, and be yourself. You should yes. be able to be yourself. Yes. Um, I, I think that that's important. I think I only met, I've only met that person. I understand that there may have been a, a bullied, introvert, um, maybe lacking self-appreciation or self-confidence, but I, I met a, a man only three years ago who had found comfort in his own skin. Mm. And it was at that point where it was like, you can love me or hate me, yeah. you're, not, you're never gonna break me. You know, like yeah. I, I'm me and let me celebrate that. And yeah. I think somebody living truly on purpose that is being organically themselves is probably the most, and that's the wrong word for this time of year, but contagious or infectious <laughs> type of character yeah. is the person who you think, wow, they're just, they're them. Because now having met you in your business setting, in um, a personal setting, in 
kind of like a networking setting. I've never found your character to differ. You haven't molded or blended yourself to suit the people. You've just ultimately decided this is Michael and you will accept me or not, but that's ultimately your choice. Mm. You know? So for that's anybody right. maybe, I know we have a big audience um, at Business News Australia that may be um, 15, 16, 17, 18 years of age. Sometimes I'd say the most challenging time in anybody's life to become ultimately comfortable with self. Little tip on that. Where? How did you do it? Where did you find that confidence to just embrace Michael? Yeah, well, it didn't happen overnight. No. Yeah, definitely. No, no. Um, actually, you know, it's it's interesting. There's, um, yeah, gosh, what, what, is there one thing in particular? You know, I think surrounding yourself with positive people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, finding your people as well. Like that's another thing. Um, people that resonate with you that are going to support you and lift you up. Um, you know, because you don't do it on your own. Like you do it by putting yourself out there. Sure. You know, yeah, all, all of those things um, takes a lot of time and a lot of just, you know, experience as well. And hopefully, you know, there's definitely, well, there's definitely things that I would do differently next time. If, if I was to, yeah. you know, go back in time and do things, there's always things I would do differently. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, hopefully I can inspire our students and other young people that, yeah. you know, it's okay to be different. Yes. It's okay to be yes. yourself. Don't hide it, celebrate. Yeah, and, and you know, like you, you said there before that, you know, maybe I don't adapt to suit um, other people. Um, I think that I adapt to suit my environment a little bit. Like it, it's okay to, to fit into a mold mm-hmm. as well. Okay. Like I'm... As much as probably people in maybe business news community or the young entrepreneurs community, maybe I, I probably do seem quite different and quite left of center. Yes. Um, but in creative arts industry, I'm probably oh, not. Yeah, I'm probably yeah. more of like I'll probably look like conservative person. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So blonde, not green, or, you know. Yeah, well, I had blue hair like a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> but yeah, but the the thing is that it's um, you know, there's. I guess it would be nice if, if the world was a little bit less judgmental, but yeah. um, in certain environments, you know, it does help to sort of fit the mold a little bit. And I, I say this to our students, actually, you know, imagine you're going out to do a bridal makeup and you go out there dressed as a drag queen, you know, drag is fabulous. I love drag. Yes. It's great. But maybe your bride, the client might steal think I'm going to, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to steal the limelight or I'm going to look like a drag queen and that's not my end goal. So sometimes you do want to fit into the mold yeah, a little bit. A lot of sense. Um, so, but that's the cool thing about aesthetics. Many years ago, I had um, an, a mentor. I, I was really fortunate. I, I worked for Yves Saint Laurent. It was kind of like my first break into the industry. Um, and one of the trainers was this fabulous Polish woman. She was the head of um, training for Yves Saint Laurent in the Middle East. And she was this incredible woman who'd had so much experience. I really want to like hunt her down. Yes. Her name was Monica. She, um, she was really inspiring. Um, YSL really wanted me to change my look. At the time I had a much more out there aesthetic mm-hmm. and I was didn't want to change because I felt like it defined me yeah. in a lot of ways. And I think yeah. back then I was probably trying to rebel against like, For you sure. know, things. And, yeah. and she said, Michael, you should never let something as, um, as basic or as, you know, meaningless is just your aesthetic be bigger than your personality you know you're so much more than 
than your look. For sure. Um, and that has really resonated with me for a really long time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you can change your look. Of course. If I wanted to, I could I could do red lipstick right now. It would look yes. gorgeous. Yes. Like that would be why not? Like yeah. I could do that. Like or I could wear a suit and we could I guess like the way the the reality is is though is that the, the viewer is gonna yes. look at me differently. If I present as someone sure. with a red lipstick on, I would say that, you know, at least 80% of the male audience who have businesses would go, I'm actually going to stop watching right now because I'm not interested in what this idiot's got to say. Yeah, well, They're not really going to want to get to know me. Well, yeah. True. I can respect it. I so true. Yeah, for sure. And, sure. and that's just how it is. Yeah. And well, okay, fair enough. Because there's a lot of people out there. Why do you want to listen to, to me? I've got other things to listen to. Yeah. Well, fair enough. Excuse my naivety because I'm not a man that knows his map from his Maybelline from his Bobby Brown. I know that I go to Mecca in Pat Fair. I take a voucher. I take it home to my wife. She's stoked. That's, okay. that's, that's the limit of my understanding of this industry. Right? But I have perceived it, maybe wrongfully, I perceive it to be a female-dominated industry with uh, a majority of the people who work in those types of shops tend to be female mm -hmm. and a majority of the customers I see in there female. tend to be female. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So what is it like being a young man trying to break into and I may be completely wrong, it may not be a female-dominated industry, but what is I perceive to be a female-dominated industry? No, it is a female-dominated industry, and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. That's good. In so, fact, like, you know, we, we talked about stereotypes mm -hmm. and things like that before. I actually totally fit the stereotype as someone in my industry. Mm -hmm. I'm a gay mm -hmm. boy with that's working in makeup. Like I fit the stereotype as, oh, of course you do. Of course you're in this industry. Oh, that makes so much sense now. Oh, you have blonde hair and you're naturally blonde and you know you and you look like the way you do. And of course you and you're gay. Of course now makes sense. Yeah. Ah, all the jigsaw comes together little do they know is that actually majority of my friends are straight boys okay. and i've been friends with them since we've grown up yes. and i've got actually a big group of my friends are all doctors i'm like the only one that's yeah. like not that i've got um one of my my best friends karina has an amazing swimwear label and yes. she's would definitely my closest girlfriend yes. um and we're like two peas in a pod um and then one of my other best friends is a doctor and you know, he's he couldn't be totally different to, to Karina, but I love them both the yeah. same. And you know, like it's the idea that opposites attract though, right? That yeah. I know I look at even uh, myself and my wife that she, we're very you know? And then sometimes what I lack in my character, she carries. And you know, I'm sure in your friends that you might seek emotional support from one person and this person might actually be the person you want to go and hang out and have some fun with. Or, oh, yeah. You know, and, and yeah, totally. A different, almost like a team yeah. in a business, right? Your friendship yeah. is a team and each of them have their own strengths. Like I know if I'm looking for somebody to pick up my spirits because I'm feeling a bit down in the dumps, this is the right person. But if I'm asking someone to come to that dump with me and just sit in here and eat popcorn and wallow about it for a few hours, <laughs> that's not that same character. Yeah. So, I guess like I'm, I'm really blessed in that 
like my friends, they um, they do all of them support me equally, and and that's so fortunate. And yes. um, and sometimes you do wish that the rest of the world would see you in the same light as your friends. Sure. Um, sure. But the reality is that it's not like that, and that's fine. And I'm okay with that. Yep. And I've you know it's just about saying, well, who are your people? And you know, I was saying this before, you know, yeah, it's a female-dominated industry. Awesome. What's yeah. wrong with that? I can be a man and not care. For sure. And it, it, whenever people talk about like um, gender equality in the workplace, it always seems to be only in one direction. Well, it can be, and then some people do seem to get really upset though if the topic is brought up. It's like, well, why are you so offended? Like, stay in your lane. Yes. Like, who cares? Yeah. You know, like, I mean, the thing is that if you've got the, if the woman gets the job, she Earned it. Yes. Awesome. Yep. She was the right you know, person for that. She job. was the right person yep. for the job. Yep. And you know, uh, there's often there's this conversation around. Well, if you know, there's um, quotas mm -hmm. that companies, organisations have on certain demographics of people, yes. and they do. They hire to. They say we need X amount of women. We need X amount of yep. people that fit different things. Um, and people say, well, that's not fair. It should be just the person who get, who is the best at the job. Yes. But I mean, those quotas saying, well, no, we, we want a woman because the woman brings X, Y, Z to the table. Yes. That's why we have the quota. Yeah. And that's okay. Yes. God, I, I think people I just, talk, just talk, chill talk out. Short, fat or thin, black or white, gay or straight. Yeah. Prejudice is a reflection of the person judging, not the person being judged. That's the way I look at it. Mm. If you decide to measure anybody based on, on those metrics, that's a reflection of you, not a reflection of them. You know? yeah. So top of your head then, three quick answers. What are Michael Huxley's go-to brands? When you're shopping, wholesale, retail, makeup shopping, yeah. where should people be going? What are the, what are the current brands of the future? Mm. I think you know support brands that um, support the world so I'm all about like things that are cruelty free yes. um, brands that are, you know they're not uh, polluting the world and things like that that's wonderful yes. um, you know I think normally they, they, there are so many brands cosmetics industry mm. like and you said before that you know your understanding of cosmetics is naive you said that you you know you're going to a mecca and then that's your experience of cosmetics or of makeup yes. actually you know our students go and work industry in film within the film industry there's all these different faculties you know within the television live broadcast is different um, they can work in bridal industry yes. you know cosmetics industry is worth over 800 billion US dollars every year it's a big industry within those jobs there are people who become you know someone who could could be in law enforcement yes. and, and yes. finding like fake products. Yes. There could be somebody who is a marketing um, manager or a sales executive, or you know, there's all these different roles which are not specifically cosmetics. What what people might assume because I think that people just see what they see in the media. Yeah. But getting back to like which brands that that we should pick, um, pick things that you like. It's an enormous industry. There's so many different products. So find brands that you love and go for it. Like just because somebody wears like Ralph Lauren mm -hmm. polo, mm -hmm. like that's fine. There's like obviously like so many different polos. Sure. They all 
name. They choose the polo because it says Ralph Lauren and they know that it has this little tiny horse on it yes. and they love that. Yes. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. It's the same as the Kmart one, but whatever. It's I fine. I guess what you're saying is a brand is really how it makes you feel. Mm, as long as absolutely. you feel like a million dollars applying that brand, mm -hmm. it's the right brand for you. Yeah. And I've got brands that I love. Like we extensively use Krylon products in here because it's a professional grade product. They've got 20,000 different types of products wow. in their back catalog. They've been around for 80 years as a manufacturer of cosmetics mm -hmm. and they've made products for some of the biggest brands in the world. That's why we'd use Krylon. We use Eye of Horus because it's a wonderful brand that has that's all natural and they're just Fantastic. No, I love it. Well, I've, um, I've obviously running a little bit short on uh, on time. I could talk. I could talk to Michael literally um, all day. But I've got two kind of questions to finish up. Which is that you've just expanded my thoughts into movie and film, theatre. Um, you know, the bridal live TV. Um, if the pinnacle of an athlete career is to go to the Olympics, the pinnacle of a barrister's career is to stand in the Supreme Court. What's the pinnacle of the makeup industry? What's what's the top of Mount Everest in this, yeah. in this game? Uh, I think it depends on which part of the industry you're in mm -hmm. and what your passion, where your passion lies. Yes. Like if you want to become a film artist yes. and you want to be like the the next great, or even okay within film, maybe you might want to become a special effects master. Okay. So there could be somebody who Cinematic is yeah, they're gonna or they want to work on the next X Men movie or they okay. want to do something like that. Maybe that could be the pinnacle yes. or winning an Oscar or something like that. Yes. Like that could be the pinnacle for that industry. In theatre, it might be, you know, you are creating the looks for Cirque du Soleil yeah. or yeah. something like that. That yeah. could be the pinnacle there. Maybe you're a drag queen. Maybe it's getting onto RuPaul's Drag Race. Yes. You know, yes. maybe you are an influencer. Maybe it's developing an enormous following yeah. and then having, yeah. Or maybe you might want to develop your own brand. You could be like Huda Katan yes. and literally within a five-year period, she's grown her business to be worth like a billion dollars. Wow. And that's, and that's purely amazing. on the, the sale and distribution of makeup product. Yeah. I mean, an obvious one, again, to the naive person is that uh, Kylie Jenner would have done something extremely similar and gone from using She's, her platform. Yeah. Or she used a platform. Oh, yeah. Diversify into Massive. an area that may not actually, I don't know, but may not strictly be the best product in the world, you know? But no, it's a great product. I think, like, actually a lot of these influencers, they have, um, they have all eyes on them. If anything, they probably have like more scrutiny yes. on the things that they yes. release. Yes. Um, and there's been a lot of examples online where um, influencers have brought something out and then it hasn't been quite right yes. and they are dragged through the mud. Yes. And it is, yes. you know, there's uh, huge consequences for, for influencers. I mean, influencer can do something that didn't even feel like it was a bad thing and then the, the media just takes it and then spins yeah. it or, or people receive it the wrong way. For sure, for sure. You know, like even how people are like... We, we, I was actually just talking last night to my friend Karina. She's got, I, I don't know, millions of followers. Mm -hmm. And she had, um, she'd posted content about herself and her struggle with um, eczema, um, her body shape, and she does a lot of body positivity stuff yeah, within, within her lane. Um, and then she was called out about being like putting herself out there and then not passing the mic to other people who are also from minorities. And it's like, well, 
she actually, with her brand, she represents all people. And it's the same as like Huxley as well. Like we, if you go onto our Instagram, you'll notice that we have dark skinned people. We've got people who are not traditionally model people. Um, We have people who are um, all different races, backgrounds, shapes, sizes, anything, you know, we'll we'll promote them. Um, But it's interesting because sometimes, you know, online things are just people don't see everything that happens and yeah so uh yeah i think the yeah the way that we're perceived online it's It's huge Mm. and if you're you've spoken about five different routes could be the pinnacle of this industry but what's where where are you going mate like if i fast forward five seven ten years from now you're still at the top of your own mount everest yeah what's your big hairy audacious goal um, that you're striving for every day Mm, i think we have been achieving a lot of our goals Mm -hmm. um like we've been winning a lot of great awards which has been wonderful um I think being able to maintain that is really good as well. We would like to start offering other creative industry courses. Mm-hmm. We already do so much within the scope of creative industries. Okay. So it would be nice to be able to offer other creative industry yeah. solutions. Um, and to maybe in the future, um, you know, just become like the benchmark for creative industry courses yes. um, in Australia. Why not? Amazing. So who knows? I love it. Yeah, yeah that'd be really good. That'd be really exciting. Or around the world, we're already like, you know, why not? We're the best makeup school you in Australia, definitely. Country, and but sure. well, definitely that for sure. for sure. But maybe in the world, why yes. not? Like, if I look at compare what our school does with uh, the biggest international schools, I know that we're on their radar. Yes. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. And, and I love that. Like we're followed by some of these like really big schools overseas and, um, and I love it that they like our stuff and we love their work as well. And I, I think that's wonderful. Like I, I just want to be a part of this community forever. And yes. I just, if you I love it. your little mark on it long after you're gone, you know, yeah. um, then I think that's the legacy that will live on of the hard work that you did. You know, I know, yeah. I actually, although I don't know really anything about makeup, one thing I did read into was the story of L'Oreal, you know, and understanding how a lady today being in her early nineties has still broken so so many boundaries that have allowed this to become so mainstream as it is today. You know? uh, well, okay. As, as far as like the, the size of our industry goes. Wow. So it's like, well, these are big industries. Yes. It's a big industry. Yeah, so for everybody to plenty eat. of pie. Yeah. There's yeah. plenty of pie. And for us, we just want to be the best at education in our space, in creative industries. That's what we do. We do it very well. We get excellent results for our students we support our community Mm. and i think that if we can continue on this trajectory then that's awesome yeah that's incredible i'm gonna ask one final question then i it's a bit controversial too so uh let's see how this goes but i originally met you you were the 2017 winner of the uh gold coach entrepreneur of the year award you went on and did that again in 2018 and then in true michael jordan style you three-peated in 2019 (laughs) i asked Last year when I hosted the awards, I asked um, Tammy Hembro, who had won the influencer or social media category, a question that I would love to get your insight on, which was, in today's world, social media has so many positives. It has given us so much exposure to the masses, right? And it can allow anyone, anywhere, virtually overnight or, you know, um, relatively instantaneously to create a personal brand and a platform. I concern that it also comes with a stigma 
and a necessity for teenagers in today's world to look, feel, act, and project themselves in a certain manner. You know, I've got 16-year-old nieces that are half-clothed on the internet. And to me, 15 years ago, when we first got Facebook, we, we were actually, when I was in high school, we used something called Bebo. Most of you probably have no idea what that is, but MySpace and Bebo were the go-tos. <laughs> yeah. um, do you feel that there is an unnecessary pressure on young people that is created through social media today? Uh, totally. There's a lot of positives that come from social media as well. And so that's the thing is that it's here. Mm -hmm. It's not going away. No. Um, and yeah, we, we, like, we actually teach a social media course at the school. Mm -hmm. We have an accredited program that we have, um, which is a part of our diploma of screen media, um, which is all about social media. Um, how to use it, how to build it, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, I guess there definitely can be that. There, I feel like there's a lot of conversation about this kind of thing, um, you know, how we're using social media. Thankfully, there are – you choose who you want to follow. Social media is a democracy. Yes. It's up to you yes. to put out there what you want and you choose who you want to follow and, sure. and that's what it is. Mm -hmm. um, so it's up to you to choose how you want to use it, how, who you want to engage with, how you want to behave on there. Mm -hmm. Like do you really need to go on there and type something nasty to someone? Probably no, not. No. Probably not. No. It's maybe it's not constructive, but whatever. You're gonna do it anyway. Like fine. <laughs> and yeah, we we do need to you know deal with the repercussions of that. But sure. um, and it becomes then dependent hmm. upon yourself, the Karinas, the Tamis. There's a few people that have come to subject in here. You also have a duty of care, right, to promote diversity. To promote. Well, sort of. I guess yes and no. And that's the thing is that, you know, footballers over the years have said, you know, if they play up or something like that, they're like, well, we play football. Like, we're not, we're not life coaches. Get it? And it's like, well, yeah, these guys are crashing their heads into people every day. You know, then maybe they're not going to make the smartest decisions all the time. Like, that's, is that not fair enough? So, you know, but the society you know, propels them onto this pedestal of, of like, you have to be this amazing of person course. in the community. Yeah. Um, and the same thing is done with social media. And then people expect that that's that these people are going to suddenly have to do that. Because a million people followed me, I have to now change the way I'm acting. <laughs> yeah, it actually no. contradicts how we started this conversation, which was the power of authenticity. Yeah. Um, like, like, look, look at, look at Tammy, for example. Like, I love Tammy. She's a great girl. Like, she's awesome. She's fun to hang out with. Like, every time that she's at the awards and stuff, we, we kiki, we have a great time. And, I was talking to her last time and she said, you know, around the social media, I think it might have been like a couple of years because I, I know that the awards don't do social media, I don't think anymore as a category or social influencer or whatever it was. Um, but she was like, oh, I, I feel awkward about receiving an award, which is about being a social media influencer. Yes. And she literally said that. And I'm like, well, Tammy, you've got like 10 million followers. So yeah, obviously, you know, you obviously yeah. you're going to get it. And she was like, yeah, but, you know, I'm so much more than that. And I was yes. like, yeah, totally. Yes. And I think that that's why, you know, like she's... No, yeah, don't pigeonhole it. Yeah, exactly. And I think we all want to be heard and we all want to be understood. Yes. 
And like I said before, people are going to judge my aesthetic. They're not going to get to know me. They're not going to know that they might judge me straight off the, the book and just yes. go, oh, Michael is this and that, yeah. and, and that's what he is. And, uh, you know, and actually with my business, a lot of the time, particularly at the start, I really tried to separate myself from the brand mm -hmm. in, in a way because I felt like my look and my aesthetic mm -hmm. and who I was as a person, like I was thinking that that was too much and maybe it wouldn't be received well from parents and yeah. that sort of thing. And I literally did. People will come into interviews and they don't realize it's my school. Still to this day, that yes. happens. Yes. And that's fine. Yes. You know, and I'm okay with that. In fact, I kind of prefer it, prefer it yeah. in a lot of ways um, because it isn't about me. It's about the student. And right. I've always wanted it to be the business, to be its own shining light. It's all about itself. Yes. And, uh, you know, we all want to be understood. We all want to be, you know, perceived in whichever light we want to put out there. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I, um, I hope that what's come out of this, when I was offered the opportunity by Camilla to make the decision on what order I spoke to what people, um, I chose you to be... Number two. Number two, I apologize. Yeah, I did you. I'm a bit of a Vutran fan oh. uh, to start with. But the reason I wanted to is because... I love Vu. Yes. Was he number one? He was. He was. He'll be released... Uh, I love Vu. He'll actually be released as we're recording this to, today. Really? But, I was I talking think, to him literally the other day. I love Vu. He's uh, great. I think a big part of it for me was because of one of those comments I made at the start. I've had a chance to meet you and you are... You are not the... Uh, carefree, you're not an airhead, you're not uneducated, you are not um, somebody who only has a linear way of thinking. You are actually an incredibly talented, incredibly multidimensional, innovative business owner who has so much character that I just hope this last 40 minutes has given an opportunity for that to shine because we can all make the mistake with suppliers, customers, colleagues of judging books by covers. Um, and in this circumstance, I know it happens a lot. So I hope today's been a fantastic insight to that. Um, wholeheartedly thank you for, for your openness, you know, and an opportunity to be able to give the world a chance to see a little bit of what I've had a chance to meet over the last few years. And um, awesome. for anybody that <laughs> is on that journey through entrepreneurship, um, be proud of self and understand that you will make many mistakes just like Michael did. <laughs> but as long as you learn from those mistakes, then ultimately they were just a lesson for you. So in closing, um, we are approaching the end of the financial year 2019-2020. What would be one, uh, one quick tip or, or insight you would give to everybody today? Uh, for just what, making, making lots of money and <laughs> living a life that living leads life. you to be fulfilled, that you bounce out of bed every morning to, to go and do? Um, I think, you know, just be passionate about things. Just, you know, you've just got to, yeah, live, just, yeah, live the life that, that you live. You know, there's nothing wrong as well with working in for somebody else either I, I think that sometimes when we talk have the entrepreneur discussion sometimes people are like oh you have to be able to break the nine to five or you have to be able to change this or do your own thing it's like well no not entirely like it's actually awesome to to work for somebody else and to love your job and to love love what you do and to be passionate about it and um yeah that's awesome um so i think just yeah love the things that you do um love the people around you if your job is 
you know, something that you're not enjoying or you're not loving, then maybe reinvent yourself, whether that's, you know, study something or go be inspired or, you know, if you're surrounding yourself with people who are maybe a bit toxic, then maybe it's time to level up and get yourself some new mates. I don't know. (laughs) And if anybody wants to enroll into a course uh, with the Huxley School of Makeup or alternatively wants to follow uh, Michael specifically Mm online, how can they go about doing that? Well, you can definitely follow the school at Huxley School of Makeup on Instagram, definitely. Um, if you'd like to enroll in a program, well, there's actually a bit of an application process, but if you would like to apply for a position, um, then you can do that through the website and, or you can always reach out as well on Instagram. There's always people there to talk. We've got a really wonderful team of people who can assist. And, and even if you just want to, I don't know, get some advice about anything or I love helping young people. So even if maybe your interests aren't necessarily in, in makeup or in cosmetics, but even if you're interested, I'm not sure in business or in other things that if you want to reach out, like you can even on my personal Instagram page, which is at Lord Huxley, um, there's, it's a funny story, but (laughs) anyway, for the name, but at Lord Huxley, you can check that out, but yeah, but otherwise. On behalf of uh, myself and Michael, um, God bless every single one of you. Have yourself uh, an amazing day and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you.